Heterodorks, heterodox dorks. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hey, turfs and trannies, you are listening to Heterodorks. I am Nina Paley, your co host. My name is Corinna Cohn, your other co host. And today we have a guest heterodork with us. He is Michael with a group that you might have heard about. It's, it's stirring up a little bit of controversy on the old bird app. It is called Gaze Against Groomers. Michael, welcome to Heterodorks. Hey, Corinna, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I might. Have, <laughs> Thanks have, for inviting me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm a big fan. So for anyone who has not yet heard of your group, Gays Against Groomers, can you tell us a little bit of what it's about and a little bit of the controversy on it? Is there a lot of controversy? I mean, there's some of the people who are all scared about stochastic terrorism and fascism, blah, blah, blah. Plus, didn't you lose your PayPal account and your Twitter account? And Yeah. So oh, the pe- kind of people you're referring to, I call crazy people. Mm. Um I've, I actually had, I wasn't into social media, like, at all, really. I, I had very, very, very private uh, social media, just with, like, close friends forever, up until recently. And then I came onto Twitter, and I was like, whoa, there's a lot of crazy people on here. Gays Against Groomers, though, we're a nonpartisan coalition of gay people. We are uh, pro-child and women safeguarding. We are pro-sex-based rights. And we have a big problem with what we've been seeing right now, uh, kind of in society, in schools, and how the LGBTQIA plus has been focusing on, like, uh, children. And we just kind of want to put a stop to, well, all of it. But right now we're really concentrating on, like, you know, child medicalization. I think that whether you like it or not, this is going to be banned in the United States, just like it is getting banned all over the world. We just believe in doing the right thing. I think that right is right and wrong is wrong. And we don't think it's political either. That's why we're nonpartisan, because it's not a left and right issue. And even though the Democrats are kind of buckling down right now, I feel like they will cave eventually. How many gays are in Gays Against Groomers? Well, fortunately, right now we are piloting state chapters and city chapters. So we are currently doing interviews all the time to get uh, more people. By the way, if you are interested and you haven't applied, you can do so at our website, gaysagainstgroomers.com. But how many, I guess uh, there's 40, like 44 of us, the main coalition, and now we're just trying to add people so we can do things locally. We want to mobilize. I think that we, we grew very fast and we weren't expecting to do what we're currently doing for you know, like a year and a half in or something. So we are just looking to mobilize state chapters and get out there and get active. Uh, We're about offense and we want everyone talking about us because we want to know that we want people to know that the gay community is fighting back, that the gays are not happy and we want to put a stop to this. Hopefully that answers your question. It does. Uh, The controversy Something that makes us special is that we're a gay rights organization. We're a nonprofit. And I mean, pretty much all gay rights organizations have now become alphabet, LGBTQ, LMNO, OMG, WTF, whatever. 
And we focus on gay people. We are you know, created by gay people. And that's our concern. We feel like for so long, we've been shouting into the void, trying to get people to talk about this and recognize what's happening. The fact that the Republicans are doing it, people freak out about it. Activists freak out about it. Meanwhile, we're willing to work with anyone because we represent the majority. I just think that how is it that I have all these gay people thanking me constantly, but on the internet, we're told that we are like <laughs> the enemy of queer people. And I'm like, gay genocide? Are you serious? I am gay. I don't want to cause a gay genocide. Like you stupid. That's crazy. I just think that they're kids. They're sterilizing kids. Why you got to do that for, you know? Like I will melt you, bro. Like, yeah, people say that we're mad. Like, we are mad. Gay, the gay community is not happy. And it got to a point where I've been trying to organize for, like, a year now. And I was kind of just sitting there waiting for right-wing gays to get active. Because I feel like, with you know, I was, I was uh, organizing mainly with lesbians but it was gay men that we had a shortage of. And it was like, well, yeah, because reactionary gay men in America are right wing. And I was informed by Radfems that they were looking for more men to get involved. And, you know, that's kind of how I was told that Republicans were going to start talking about it. They were like, well, the men are going to start talking. And I was like, okay, so conservative men. And basically, uh, if they want more men to get involved, then I'm bringing mine. For the benefit of our audience and, and for us as well in the conversation, can you explain what grooming is so that we're, we're working with the similar terms here? I mean, what you see in schools right now, what you see on TV right now, I mean, if you, I went to Target and it looked like someone threw up rainbows, mm -hmm. I feel like there are a lot of things that, that they're exposing people to, young people to, people who shouldn't be talking about sexual anything whatsoever and it's 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 grooming because you know what they're doing is telling kids that they are born in the wrong body and that there is a spectrum and your gender and your sexuality can change every day which is terrible for gay people or people who will grow up eventually to be gay saying that you can change whenever you want no you can't um I think that a lot of people who've detransitioned have talked about the fact that it is that they were kind of, you know, groomed online or in school. If you're told that something is right and this is the way things should be, then you're going to go with it. And then you're going to realize the hard truth when you're old enough to be able to conceptualize what's going on. Um, we just don't approve of the fact that LGBTQ has been targeting children recently because that's not gay rights. It has nothing to do with gay rights. I don't understand how yeah. they say LGBTQ rights are being dismantled. But how, how, what does this have to do, do with gays and lesbians, you know? That's why we're just, you know, we focus on gay people and our sex-based rights. And to not involve children in anything. Something about the gay community is that it's a community of gay adults. And that's the community that exists in the real world. Like, there is no, like, I live in, like, New York City. Like, there is no LGBTQ community, but there's a gay community, which I'm active in. And these drag queen field trips, like, that's weird. Before we, before we get all the way into the drag queens, I just want to maybe talk about the different 
degrees of grooming. Because I, I think that if you were to ask anybody, if you were to say if, if an adult contacts a child online and then tries to build a, a relationship with this child to the point where that child is sending them pictures of themselves naked or they're trying to get this person to meet with them in real life, I don't think anybody would disagree at all that that's grooming. I think everybody would be on board with that. When you go to maybe the other extreme, and, and I'm going to try to do something sort of realistic here from the other extreme, uh, which would be to put books into, let's say, middle school libraries that talk about gay relationships that have a sexual component. Some people would also say that that's grooming, but I think that that's more debatable. No, uh, that is grooming. And that's the issue we have is that they're doing it in our name. They're saying that they can't remove these books from the library because of LGBTQ rights. Mm -hmm. But what does pornography in a library have to do with gay rights? See, I'm flexible. I have no problem if they have books about a kid with two moms. I have no problem if they want to talk about uh, the historical figures who were gay, accomplishments of gay people. They say, oh, well, this is going to uh, help kids who feel different. What is porno? No. You would say that it's grooming if there's like a, a graphic depiction of sex in a school library's book, if, uh, particularly if it's uh, elementary or middle school. That's, that's what you'd say is grooming. There shouldn't be any sex whatsoever in school libraries. <laughs> uh, and gay relationships don't to talk about that, especially in a, like in a book, like you don't have to talk about sex. It's about much, it's so much more than that. And um, I'm willing to have good representation of gay people, but this isn't representing gay people. And some of these books, like that, it's, it's like men and women, like that's straight. You're saying this is LGBTQ plus? What is LGBTQ plus? Straight people having sex in a school library book? Come on. Well, that's actually a, maybe a good question, Michael. What is, what is to you, what is LGBTQIA? What does that mean? It doesn't exist. I mean, there is no community as LGBTQ. There is a gay community of gays and lesbians who have a history, have a culture, have always, you know, done that. There, a lot of these identities are just new. Transsexual children is new. Like, you're making things up and you're saying you're, you're discriminating against people who have fought for their rights for, like, ever? That makes no sense. LGBTQ is a brand. It's to sell things. And it's to uh, accomplish political goals in the name of a minority group who doesn't agree with any of it. I'm wondering, you look younger than we do. So I'm wondering about your, well, I really want to know how old you are, but I know it's rude to ask. But assuming that you are younger than us, I'm just wondering what it was like for you coming into adulthood as a young gay man and what the culture was like for you. I'm 54 and I spent my 20s and early 30s in the Castro of San Francisco and uh, it was different then. Pride was not a family-friendly event. There was not this organized outreach for children. At the same time, everybody's coming out stories, they talked about knowing early on that they were gay. And they seemed to have like feelings for young gay people and wanting to ease their passage to adulthood. 
you're my mom's age. I actually, I tweeted at Corinna a few weeks ago because she said she was like 40 something. And I was like, you're 40 something. I thought you were my age. I'm in my 20s. I was born, I'm a uh, 90s baby. I, I knew when I was very young, but I didn't know that gay was a thing. When I was in, I was in like preschool and we, me and my friend were in a car and we were talking about, he was like, I want to marry Gabriana. And I was like, I'm going to marry Andrew. And he was like, you can't marry a boy. And I was like, why not? Like your mom married a boy. Like it was so weird to me that he was saying this. I remember just being so frustrated, but I was seven years old and then it started getting legalized in, in America in different States. And I was like, oh, I remember it was. I couldn't read the word Massachusetts, right? But I saw on the news that in Boston that that there were like gays getting married. And I was like, oh, okay, one day I'll go to Boston and I'll get I'll marry a boy. This was it was never uh, a huge problem for me. I mean, when I was like 15, 16, I was distressed at times just because I was afraid of the unknown. I didn't know what was gonna happen, how coming out was eventually going to be where life would lead. However, in the back of my mind, I always knew that it was going to work out, that I would have a career, a husband, which I'm still looking, um, and that I was going to be able to do everything that anybody else was going to be able to do. And I think that's the most important thing, that if you have these, these teenagers in these schools who are expressing that they feel different or they're gay or something... You shouldn't tell them that you're that they're a different gender or introduce them to all these concepts. You should just say you're going to be OK. Do you th do you think if you had been born a decade later, let's say, or 15 years later, and there you were seven years old saying you wanted to marry Andrew, do you think you would have been groomed into puberty blockers? If I was at a school that had a library with literature of a good representation of gay people and just like not treating it much different than anybody else, then no. But if I was in school and told that my gender changes every day, my orientation changes every day, then yeah, I would go out to recess, play hopscotch with the girls, and then walk you back into my classroom and then put on a she, her pronoun pin. That's, how, that's what kids do. And they can pick a new pronoun every day. And social transition leads right into medicalization. Would I have been one of those kids? Well... Gays Against Groomers, I feel like like the majority of us are always like, you know, we, we see ourselves and we're just like, that would have been us. I feel like it, it could be possible, especially with all, you know, how, how this is saturating every aspect of culture. I could see myself getting caught up in it, but I don't, I don't see myself in, in these people, these minors transitioning. Like, I, I don't have that strong of a that would have been me as other people in our coalition. I have a pretty strong, that would, that would have been me experience. Right. I'm not a gay yeah, man, obviously, but yeah, Corinne especially. Um, but yeah, I, I totally would have gone that if that had been offered to me. And if people had said that I could actually change sex and being young and dumb and depressed and crazy and hating being female and hating everything about my female body yeah, totally would have been me. Like I'm emo and I have always been emo. And this is like the new emo from what I see, like all these anime people identifying as these different genders, like back, you know, when I was in high school, those would have been my friends. So 
could I have experienced social pressure to change my gender? I mean, yeah, that's kind of where what I would concede to. I think that there is going to be a tidal wave of young people who were tricked. Given your age, Michael, I got to imagine, and, and the fact that you're in New York City, I got to imagine that you've got some friends who identify as, as trans or non-binary or queer. Yeah, I mean, like, I have a trans girl who lives up uh, two floors up from me. We hang out a lot. And we also, uh, Gays Against Groomers, we, you know, started up and we had people coming to us who wanted to get involved. And we're like, you know, we'll work with, with anyone, straight people and uh, bisexual people and also, like, trans people. We had a few of them come to us. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of made them their own coalition. Like, Trans Against Groomers is a thing. It's like, we have Buck, we have Blair, we have... Pretty much all the based transsexuals who are against this. And I was like, this is what I want. I want that community to talk <laughs> and to have this conversation and not shut each other down about it. I, I should mention, uh, although there are some based trannies out there who are part of Trans Against Groomers, I'm, I'm either not based or I guess maybe not a tranny. I don't know how that's working right now. But I, I'm not part of either gays against groomers or trans against groomers. I'm not uh, affiliated with that. Would you like me to to explain that a little bit or that decision not to participate? Sure. I am part of a nonprofit that's called uh, Gender Care Consumer Advocacy Network. And one of the things that we are always worried about is trying to avoid putting ourselves into a situation where we can be credibly accused of uh, being being used as a political wedge. So we want to make sure that our mission, which is to make sure that uh, people who are getting uh, this gender care are being treated well by their doctors and, and are being treated fairly. We want that to be our mission. We don't want it to be, to be politicized. And my worries a little bit about gays against groomers and trans against groomers is that even though it is nonpartisan, it's it's clear that that that's part of the messaging. It nevertheless seems like it is sometimes used as a bit of a wedge, well, to attack gays and lesbians. Where? Well, one instance that I see of this is that there is some sort of event that's happening, and I it looks like there's a, a an icon that's showing or a profile picture that shows up in, in my feed now occasionally of a, looks like a, a parent and a child under, under an umbrella. And it looks like the, um, the gay rainbow is, is like splashing off the umbrella and the child is being kept safe from it. And that iconography makes it look like the adult is protecting children from gays and lesbians there's with symbols obviously there's going to be something that you interpret with that but the group that is using this icon or the event that is is using this icon um, has the cooperation of gays against groomers with it and when i saw that i thought that this is interesting i wanted to ask you about it because my belief from just talking to you is that you would not want to support any cause that was trying to um, alienate gay children or to or to tell children that there's anything wrong with growing up to be gay or lesbian. 
but that this group that it looked like uh, GAG was affiliated with was using symbolism that could imply that children should be protected from gays. Do you, do you know which symbol I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, I just think yeah. it's a symbol. Yeah. The symbols know. are powerful. I, I guess so. I mean, do we not want to protect young people from being saturated in rainbows and getting confused and told that they might be something they're not? Well, I, I think there's some nuance there. I don't I, I actually don't have a problem saturating kids in rainbows as far as rainbows go. You mean literal uh, literal rainbows? Literal rainbows. I'm, rainbows I'm, are pretty. I'm thinking about the daughter of an ex of mine who would go to the local LGBTQ plus plus center. And when she was 13, she declared that she was a lesbian. And uh, a couple years later, she was having clandestine closeted relationships with boys <gasps> and she got married to, to a summer. boy yeah uh she was heterosexual <laughs> but she was adamant about this lesbian identity so that wasn't even trans that was i mean they were starting to push trans then but not not as aggressively but i do wonder about these well-intentioned outreach projects for kids, uh, even, even with sex positivity, right? Like my mom at her generation that was messed up by repressive 1950s ideas and not talking about sex enough and being freaked out by their periods, they compensated for that by telling us, <laughs> my generation, all about sex pretty early on, you know, TMI, best intentions, didn't help, didn't spare me from suffering. I, I get it. I do wonder about, you know, even if it's not trans specifically, I do wonder about adults with the best intentions trying to help kids into sexuality that's just not really, I don't know how to make, I don't know what the right thing is but that's clearly not all that helpful uh i think that the right thing to do would for the, the parents to open an umbrella and hold it over their family's head and protect them from it is this actually helping gay people no but they sure are using our name and our symbolism to advertise it and so therefore the haters are also going to use the same symbolism that the activists are using think thinking that's what they want. I, I appreciate the fact that people are listening to the gay community and listening to our concerns because it's these are concerns that are not put into the mainstream. And that's, I guess, why we want to get loud and we have to get loud because we have to show that this is bad for gay people and that we don't agree with it. I don't know one homo who's about this stuff. None. And I know so many gays and transgenders. I don't really talk to them about it, though, because I'm kind of scared too. <laughs> but... In the 1980s, there was a lot of uh, pressure. Like, it, things were warming up, right? So this is me growing up in the 80s. Even if you were gay, which uh, at that point might be something that was like a family secret or something that you were supposed to keep to yourself, uh, even if people would tolerate your company, 
they would still want you to not talk about it and they would they would want you to keep it in the closet or they might say something you know the the more open-minded people the more tolerant people might say i don't want to know what goes on in your bedroom i don't want to know that you're gay i don't want to talk about it as long as you don't talk about it to me then i'll put up with you but but don't bring that stuff around me right i want queer identity ideology gone it's disgusting get rid of it it's bad for women it's awful for children it's a parent's rights nightmare and most importantly it's bad for my men and there's nothing in this world that i'm gonna i'm more determined to protect more than my men i feel like i feel like we've come a long way in terms of homophobia and these people are just kind of like dialing it back would there be posters of someone holding an umbrella and protecting their family from rainbows a few years ago before this was going on, before this ideology became mainstream? Yes. Yes, that's, that's so. what I'm trying to say, is that that sort of symbolism would not have been, it would not have been surprising to see in the 1980s or 1990s. That was 30 years ago, 1990. Well, I know. I, I was growing up at that point. Right, I said like a, like a few years I, ago. I was, I was, I was just a little kid. Right, like a few year, a few years ago. I feel like this wouldn't be oh. a mainstream thing. I feel like I'm. I'm sorry. Wasn't... When when you're when you're old like I am, a few years ago might mean thirty years. I said like a few years ago, not thirty years ago. That's like dinosaurs. Come on. <laughs> well, I I know, but we were still craning our necks up to the trees and eating the branches and. Like, I'm not talking about the 1900s. I'm talking about, like, a few years ago. I feel like this wasn't a problem. Like, gay people didn't have an issue with haters uh, main in the mainstream putting symbolism out there that could be determined as homophobic. We're the talk of the town. Meanwhile, just a few years ago, people were talking about our success as a minority group and how far our movement has come. The gay movement and the LGBTQ plus movement are two different movements. And it's LGBTQ plus is anti-gay. There was like a, a golden, very, very short golden era for gays and lesbians between, I'm going to say about 2010 and 2015. It was not very long at all, where there was a very high amount of social acceptance, where even a substantial number of people on the right were supportive of at least civil unions, if not gay marriage completely, and that the the gender stuff had not yet gone mainstream. But that was that was only maybe a five or six year year period. But if you go back to two thousand eight, you remember that both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama were against gay marriage. So the left had not uh, become very supportive yet of gays and lesbians. And if you go back to the early 2000s, it would not have been unusual at all to hear even Democrats talk about the lack of moral character of people who have same-sex attraction. And Nina, back me up here. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, um, it was, you know, there was this period of acceptance that culminated in the legalization of gay marriage. And almost the moment that happened, that was when the trans ideology started getting pumped in as you know i mean all these organizations that were set up to promote gay rights once gay marriage was achieved these organizations were still in place and they didn't want to just disband they had a lot of funding in place that people had worked hard for 
And yeah, that's what that's what Simon Edge's book, The End of the World is Flat, is about. Well, a few years ago during that golden period, like what changed from then to now? Well, those those organizations needing money. The change, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying that career that the, what we're fighting against is this new stuff that has taken over our movement and is doing it in our name. I feel like the gay community still preaches what it the actual gay community like still preaches what it was preaching during the gay rights movement, but the people representing us are not representing the actual feelings of gay people, and I think that a lot of it is alarmist there's a lot of propaganda anti-gay propaganda out there but i don't think it necessarily means that gay people are in a terrible place right now i think that we're approaching that kind of and we want to put the brakes on that and call out what needs to be called out because these cows ain't finna eat crow unless they're called out and they're still gonna deny what's going on but and we have an article coming out soon about uh, how there's there's a gay charity right now who has a message boards with different like clubs on it, ages 13 to 24. And one of them is the furry club, the BDSM club. Like, why, why is this stuff, this kink entering our community through this TQ plus this queer label when we don't support, you know, our movement being hijacked? I think that. I think that the people in charge of the gay community are gays and lesbians. Apparently people have forgotten that. And it's time for the adults in the room to discuss what the majority represents and not fringe activists. We just had les famous lesbian campaigner, Julie Bindle on our program. And she made the point that she wants to be called a lesbian and that if somebody calls her gay, she will politely correct them. But there is by no means that she will allow herself to be called queer, that she takes it as a as a slur. And I use it I use it as a slur. You use it as a slur. Towards people who identify as queers. Well, what is like, what is just, queer to you? What is what does that mean? Straight people with purple hair. So if people are telling us that we're not allowed to talk about something, I'll say, shut up, you fucking queer. Apparently, that's insulting. I got almost banned from Twitter for calling a straight person a quote. I said, uh, I said, uh, get the hell off my page, you fucking queer. And I almost got banned. But that's what you call yourself. I'm calling you what you want to call yourself. I was saying, I was talking about like, oh, these people, they, and I was saying them. And they were like, well, who are you referring to when you say they? Are you referring to queer people? Are you referring to trans people? I'm referring to people who call themselves they. I didn't hate the term queer when it first became, I think in like 2015 when people started using it to quote, reclaim the slur. Uh, and then I saw that the people reclaiming the slur are people who it was never used as a slur against. If it was a slur used against gay men, then the people reclaiming the slur should be gay men. How's that? Like, uh, that's not how slurs work, <laughs> you know? So, but I, I also think like a lesbian doesn't want to be called gay. Like that's just, you're no fun. Like all lesbians like being called gay, I don't mind. Maybe we should use the word homo instead of gay or lesbian or anything. Because they're like, when I hear gay, I think homosexual, but some people are like, it means gay men. 
because there's gays and lesbians, right? A gay woman would be a lesbian. And that's why they had to add the L to the G. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm fine with the idea of calling, of using gay as a synonym for homo. But if people are, don't like that, we could use homo. I mean, yeah, I say it a lot. Like, oh, the homos. I call them in group chat with the homos. I don't know. I don't get offended by words. And I think that's part of being gay is like having, eventually you hit a point where you have to take that, like that give a fuck card and toss it out the window and like walk down the street like you're a superstar and not let the haters get to you. As opposed to these queers who literally have a mental breakdown when you use the wrong pronoun. Like, that's not what we stand for. <laughs> that's not what we've ever stood for. I think that the gay community of gay people if they're if, listen, if the streets are going to reclaim queer, then I'm reclaiming gay. Michael, I'm I'm curious. Um, I I know you you grew up in the '90s. When you were growing up, did you have any older gay or lesbian family members who you looked up to as some sort of a, a role model or who who taught you about gay culture or anything? No. You're the first gay in your family. Yeah, I'm also like the first one to get an education and stuff. So. That was cool. But I no, I don't have any. I'm like one of the older ones in my family, as far as like, you know, my generation, like, you know, I, I have a huge family, a lot of cousins, but they're all younger than me. I didn't. I found out what the word gay was when I was like eight. And I was like, oh, that's me. And I remember walking around my second grade classroom and telling people that I was gay. But I didn't think anything of it. It was just like, oh, like when I was. You know, like, it was like, like, boys who go with boys. And I was like, in my head, like, oh, that's me. It was never like a, kind of like a taboo thing. I didn't know that it was considered controversial until I was told that it was considered controversial. And then when I grew up, it was no longer considered controversial. So it was fine. I think, but I think that, you know, representation and role models are important, but just make sure that we get good representation and role models and not pornographic books and people who are like schizophrenic and think that they have five genders a day. What is that teaching kids? Like crazy people are good. Like we don't like crazy people. Oh, that's, that's uh ableist or something. That's something phobic. Good. Of, of the uh, gay and lesbian celebrities that we have now, who do you think uh, of them would be, better role models for young people, for school-age kids? Oh, I don't know. That's a difficult question. Uh, I'm drawing a blank about who, about people who are gay. <laughs> uh, my community has a lot of talent, and we always have. Yeah. Artists, scientists, feminists, literature, theater. I think that there's a lot of accomplishments. I think that the world wouldn't be the same without gay people throughout history. And they should learn about the important contributions that my people have given to the world instead of being told that homosexuals aren't real and uh, it's a fluid identity and to mm -hmm. define us out of existence in the law. That's the worst thing you could do. So as far as role model. Wait, touch on that last point. Define you out of existence. I mean, yeah, replacing heterosexual, homosexual and bisexual in the law with gender identity. And five yeah. other gender labels that make no sense. You can't protect homosexual and heterosexual people if there is no proper definition of either. 
Ex- expand on that a little bit more. How, 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 do you, how can you not protect somebody on the basis of sex, sexual orientation if you also encode gender identity into law? How does that work? Because they're not putting gender with sex. They're replacing sex with gender. And when you have sex in the law, according to like, you know, like the Title IX legislation, for instance, they're saying that the law never had a definition of sex in the first place. So we're just not going to include one. Meanwhile, sexual orientation is based on maleness and femaleness. So they're just taking that out of the law. And that'll give protections to men who identify as lesbians. That'll give them protections for being gay. Meanwhile, you're not. You're a straight person. Stay in your lane. I'll melt you, bro. Like, are you kidding? Uh, there's people who are not gay, who are not only speaking for us, but saying what rights we should and shouldn't have. And so, I mean, if we're talking about young people here, what does that tell young people? If you don't, if, if, if you're being told that uh, words like homosexual are bad words. I'm told that, you know, Nina said, oh, let's talk, you know, let's say homos. I'm told that homosexual is a slur, which it isn't. But, you know, homosexual is a slur, but bisexual is not. Heterosexual is not. That's ridiculous. So. Yeah, I actually prefer het to straight. Straight implies, I don't know, like. It implies you don't do kinky things, Nina. So you prefer het? Well, for talking about sexual orientation, het is accurate. There are some kinky hets and there are some non-kinky hets. There's a whole range of beha- like being a het doesn't determine your behavior or anything like that. It's just a sexual orientation. Straight has all these other implications, so I prefer het. And since I prefer het, perhaps that's why I prefer homo as well. I mean, I never well, preferred I want- homo before, but I'm preferring it right now. Well, I think that the hets should stay in their lane, and I want to get them out of our community because a lot of them are crazy. Yes, well, what you're talking about with queers is what we call spicy straights. It's all the same thing. They're just heterosexuals. They're spicy, (laughs) spicy straights. But they're like all like super like white. Like they're, come on, please, spicy straight. There's nothing spicy about calling yourself something that you aren't. Get out of here. Like, I just want this. Not only do I want to not be associated with it, but like so many gay people just want nothing to do with these people. They're weird. That hurts their fifis. They want to be included. Inclusion. Gays became cool. And then, of course, everybody wanted in. Hurting their feelings and making them feel invalidated is Gays Against Groomers' job. One of our jobs. There's enough of us who aren't afraid to call things out and point and laugh at some people who are saying something ridiculous. I think that on this... The other day, someone said, like, on the uh, intersectional pyramid, trans is at the top. It starts at any age. And all you need to do to be trans is say, I'm trans. Like, transsexual people, I don't have a problem with them. Like, this, this has never been an issue. Like, transsexuality has never been a problem. They've been doing it for decades. No one ever talked about it. Like, you know, the, the most that someone would say about transgenders was that, oh, like, there are people who are, you know, do this thing and... It is what it is. I don't get it. It's kind of weird, but it exists. It's for adults and it's like a meta, you know, something that that's none of people's business. You just do it with your, you know, with your doctor. I think this is a fabricated issue. This gender stuff that has been yeah. forced onto my people and it's negatively affected us. Yeah, so this, I want to get this, rid of it. 
the trans stuff, they should keep it in the doctor's office. Yeah. I think that the first problem was making an identity group out of a clinical population. Because, you know, when you have identity groups and minority groups, they all have things in common. Like gay people, for instance, like we're all gay, so we can uh, advocate for ourselves based on that. But trans, anyone can be trans. And there are people who are trans for many different reasons. It's like being LGB, that's something you are. Being TQ plus is something you do. Whether that is transitioning or just simply identifying as the opposite sex. It's like if someone is tall and they like to swim, this person is tall, this person is a swimmer. But these two things are things that this person is for different reasons, if that makes sense. I actually don't have the categories as something you are and something you do. I have the categories as something you do and something you identify as. Because gay and lesbian, like homosexual attraction, homosexual relationship, those are something that you do. And I don't even know... Well, I'll just say that like it's there is evidence for it in one's behavior, right? Like if you actually are in a relationship or having sex with somebody of the same sex, that's behavior and that, you know, can be shown empirically. Queer, pure identity. There is no there is nothing that you do that is queer. It's just how you identify. So there's not even a, and I, and I just leave what you are out of it because I don't really, I don't really find that useful. And it's a little, you know, some people say it's changes over time. Some people say it doesn't. And I'm like, well, okay, who cares? Uh, You know, maybe, maybe you had a same sex or an opposite sex relationship five years ago and you're in a same sex relationship now uh, I don't really want to get into what you are. I just am like, well, empirically, you are in a same-sex relationship now. That's homosexual relationship. Is gay something you do? I think gay is something you live. Like, you know, you have like those homophobes who are like, oh, it's a lifestyle. Well, kind of. I-, I think that if it's more than just like, oh, like when you say something you do, like, you know, you you get with people of the same sex. Well, no, it's it's a lived experience, something that you... Something that that is tied to multiple facets of your life. And the reason I said that, like, oh, like, gender, like, that's something you do, well, is so I could include the fact that there are people who physically uh, transition their bodies to uh, match their identity. Obviously, Nina and I are not part of the marketing demographic for Gays Against Groomers. You're not trying to persuade people who are Generation X about... Particularly, you're not trying to persuade people in the GC community who are Generation X. That's not your target market. Like, uh, if you're selling Diet Pepsi, maybe we're in that market more. But if you're selling Rockstar energy drinks, you're trying to hit people who are in their early 20s, like your, your, your demographic. So who is the demographic that Gays Against Groomers is trying to persuade? Gays and parents and gay parents. We want to work with people. And our whole thing is that, I mean, allies are welcome, but we, there, there is an issue right now and we want it. We want the, you know, criticism and, 
and pushing back on it. We want to lead the way. We, we think that it should come from within our community, but we want to work together with everyone else who's participating in it. I was organizing with liberals for a year, and then eventually they called me a right-wing, gay, fascist, turf extremist, so I just became a feminazi and said, fuck you. Uh, mm. But I, I think that we're trying to appeal to anyone who will listen. I just wanted to say, you can't be a feminazi. Only women can be feminazis. Only women can be radical feminists. You know? <laughs> You're one of those. Yeah, she's a woman. Yeah, I am one of those. <laughs> you know You're how they of... are. Yeah. Imagine having to date them. Oh, my God. Um, I'm, yeah, I I'm do. I'm increasingly imagining dating them. Do she's, it. She's getting social contagion. Do it. I double dog dare you to go on a date with the woman. You won't. Do it. Mm. I promise it'll be fun. Nina, you've been called out. I've, Political lesbianism. Are you one of those? Oh my god, you're the worst. No, I <laughs> I call myself a recovering, uh, recovering heterosexual, which I don't think will make sense to anybody in their twenties. But being fifty four, it's a trip. Getting older, a lot of things change. You realize you hate men. Mm, not that's a little simplistic she seems to like uh ones that have been castrated i like eunuchs a lot yeah yeah eunuchs are hot (laughs) you see now there's your that's a good marketing message everyone agrees i think that's what you should focus on well michael if you are what people identify you as i would say that you've been a prince talking with us about gays against groomers but for Thank anyone you. who would like to go and learn more about your organization or learn about this conference that you're going to, how, how can people learn more ab- about what you're doing? You can go to gaysagainstgroomers.com. You can go to our Twitter page. Now that uh, the word, the slur, the anti-LGBTQ slur groomer is no longer censored on Twitter, our name on Twitter is Gays Against Groomers. Instead of having to put zeros or an emoji or <laughs> in, in there, that's our, our handle. And we are just getting started. We need to get as many voices out there and we want to get as many people listening as possible because we want people to know that the gays are fighting back and nothing is going to stop us from protecting children and getting rid of this thing. We are here. We are not queer. Get used to it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Michael. And thank you, Turfs and Trannies, for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Heterodorks. You can support us by visiting our page at anchor.fm slash heterodorks or by supporting Nina Paley at patreon.com slash Nina Paley. You can also support us by writing a review on your favorite podcast site, such as Apple Podcasts. Thank you.